A quick update. Since recording this interview with Wendy, her project has a new name. It's no longer called Chilling Effects. It's now called Lumen Database. You can find it online at lumendatabase.org. That's L-U-M-E-N-D-A-T-A-B-A-S-E.org. Hi, this is Drew Wilson. This is Net Positive. I'm at the MIT Media Lab in Boston, Massachusetts at the Freedom to Innovate Conference. Um, I'm here with Wendy Seltzer. Uh, she created The Chilling Effect, a project that I'm excited to talk about with her. Great. Thanks, Drew. Great to be here and talking with you. And yeah, Chilling Effects was, uh, we started it a, a decade ago looking at how to preserve the climate for free expression online. And we were concerned that people were getting lawyer letters and taking down uh, blog posts or websites, and search results, because you know, they feared the, the legal consequence more than because they knew what they were doing was lawful or unlawful. And by posting letters and creating a, a space for discussion and analysis, uh, we could give people better understanding of the law and the legal background and uh, where warranted, uh, give them uh, enough understanding to defend their rights to, to keep the material online. I'm excited to hear more about that project. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself. What's your background here? Um, I'm a lawyer, and um, I've done a mix of uh, litigation, academic work, and uh, currently working in technology policy with the World Wide Web Consortium. Very cool. What's your role particularly at the World Wide Web Consortium? I lead the technology and society domain, so that's entirely separate from my work with Chilling Effects, but uh, there uh, we're looking at you know, how can uh, we improve the open web platform through standards, and one of the uh, current very strong interests is how can we uh, improve security and privacy, and how can we use standards to help uh, elevate the, the level of uh, security and privacy on the web? How can we improve the platform and uh, help people's interactions with it and uh, upon it to uh, be better secured and uh, more under user control? Very cool. Um, in, in your legal background, is it, tell me a little bit about particularly what, what your focus was in coming at this. Uh, do you do criminal law, civil law? Um, do you work on policy issues? Um, uh, what's the what are the normal uh, tactics that you use in your activism? Well, I, I started um, as a, a civil litigator and uh, in, with a focus in intellectual property and technology uh, issues. And you know, I think that part of that early course was set when I you know, came across um, open source licensing and free software and looked at. Uh, things like GPL that were turning the, the use of copyright on its head to, to say, uh, let's use licensing to enforce openness. Uh, and then uh, I was involved early on in uh, some of the early developments that led to Creative Commons uh, licensing. Can we do this to, to culture as uh, uh, as the Free Software Foundation uh, had done so successfully for software of uh, setting up alternatives and uh, giving people a label for uh, the work that they were spreading and uh, uh, licensing means to 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 say uh, enforceably, uh, I want this to to be open and shareable. Um, and so, you know, looking at uh, the the seeming contradictions between uh, intellectual property and 
and enclosure and openness and open innovation and the, the, the sharing culture, but also the, 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 uh, the, the creativity that builds uh, upon that and that didn't ask for the restrictions of copyright, but asked to be freed from copyright, um, really set my course uh, into tech policy trying to think about, okay, I, I bring a set of tools from, from the legal background. Uh, I studied with Lawrence Lessig and uh, thought a lot about code as law and law as code. How do the two sort of shape one another and uh, how can we use uh, these tools to preserve the open environment? And you know, so, so now at W3C, it's the open web platform. How, how do we uh, help code interoperability and to create a, a platform that you know, persists as a, a mode for free expression, innovation, creativity. Very cool. So I can see how, uh, in, one, in one vein, you're trying to create like a, a positive vision for, for how content and uh, culture can be uh, protected. And in another way, with chilling effect, it's sort of seeing the negative consequences. Um, is there is there a way that like what's the connection there? What's the connection between like creating content and content licenses that proactively define these things and um, uh, thing, things like uh, copyright violations and the kind of the kind of uh, repercussions someone might get if they're not following the rules correctly? It, what's the connection there? Like in terms of like someone who's a content producer, like. Uh, there's a piece of the work that's recognizing the range of uh, creative uh, efforts and uh, leaving space for uh, a variety of engagements. And nothing that Chilling Effects is doing is condoning or promoting copyright infringement uh, or other, uh, it, but it is helping people to. Uh, recognize the range of activities that are not copyright infringement but that might be called infringing and uh, to draw the, the, the right uh, line there to recognize that you know, not every use of copyrighted material is an infringement. It might be a fair use, it might be a functional use, it might be uh, a parody and uh, non therefore non-infringing. Um, and so you know, somebody who receives a takedown, even if it cites uh, copying of a copyrighted work, uh, that's not the end uh, of the analysis. Um, and yet, a key piece of, of creativity and participating in a cultural conversation is that ability to cite uh, other uh, material. So it's not, uh, it's preserving that opportunity to engage in conversation. Uh, that's uh, I think very important there, and so ch chilling effects is also uh, aiming to set up a, a database and source for academic research on the 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 the, the, the notice and takedown regime and other sources of um, online uh, expression and takedown. Uh, so, you know, we want to encourage science. We want to encourage people to uh, analyze what's actually happening on the net mm. and uh, how is that playing out 
are the laws being used mostly correctly and you know, stopping people who would otherwise be infringing copyright and uh, disseminating uh, copyrighted works without paying? Um, are they at the same time also being used to uh, stifle parodies and creative expression and creative competition to uh, established uh, copyright holders? Where's the, you know, how, how might we tailor the law to be uh, more uh, restricted to, to violations? And how, how might we make it less chilling to people engaged in uh, legitimate activity? How do we preserve the opportunity to report on the consequences of the law by being, uh, by opening up a, a transparency reporting around how the law is being used? Um, and so one of our uh, current projects is to make the Chilling Effects project more international and uh, to gather a wider range of data about uh, content posting and content takedown. Um, we already gather things like the uh, country restricted content takedowns from Twitter, uh, where in response to uh, different jurisdictional laws, Twitter will remove material from specific country feeds or views um, while leaving it uh, available to people from other uh, countries. Well, could you explain that a little bit more? So um, how does that work? Um, if someone is a user and they put content online, what, what happens there with Twitter? What, could you explain that more? So um, Twitter, uh, you post uh, short messages, um, and uh, there are there are different speech rules in different uh, parts mm. of the world. The United States has a uh, very liberal uh, speech law based on our First Amendment protections for uh, the right to say uh, anything as long as it's not defamatory or criminal or an infringement of intellectual property, but with, with, with a few um, restrictions, uh, whereas you know, France has laws about hate speech that are different. Uh, Turkey has uh, the Erdogan regime has lately been trying to restrict a lot of uh, commentary and uh, publicizing uh, of information. Um, and uh, so you know, Twitter, as a company doing business in lots of different countries, um, has developed the uh, this country withheld content um, mechanism to remove material from individual country access. And they've actually done a, uh, a reasonable job of that. In uh, they also allow you to identify to to uh, in your own personal settings to uh, let Twitter know that if it if they've gotten your country wrong and uh, you want to be able to see a different set of content, you can change the country with which you're identified. That's interesting. Uh, and so with chilling effects, how do you track that? Um, so we we received the, the takedown notices that they've gotten um, from the user who saw it, or um, how does that work? And mo most of our notices are coming from the platforms. Uh, so Twitter sends the the notices that they receive um, with sort of appropriate redactions, so that uh, we're not uh, receiving and publishing uh, people's personal information, um, but. Uh, 
so we, we get the, the, the set of notices and court orders and other uh, content removal demands uh, that they've gotten, put that into the, uh, the chilling effects database where you know, both individuals wondering why was this tweet removed uh, and journalists wondering why was this set of tweets removed and academics wondering you know, what's the climate for uh, online speech in Turkey, in Russia, in the United States. Uh, and what are some of the things that people have found using chilling effects? Uh, researchers who have looked at the data or journalists, are there particular things that um, have come out of collecting the data? Um, well, uh, the uh, one, one set of findings is around sort of, uh, overbroad takedowns. Uh, the uh, notice is from uh, to to Google that request removal of everything with Eclipse uh, in the name from a uh, a movie studio who uh, released a an Eclipse uh, movie and taking down ending up taking down videos from NASA showing uh, a solar eclipse uh, not quite a copyright infringement um, so those things are sort of amusing. Um, more uh, sort of directly consequential. Um, I was approached by a, a Pakistani uh, activist who uh, said that she had, lo looking at the uh, takedown notice that was reported in chilling effects uh, on some Pakistani content, recognized that that was invalid under Pakistani law, was able to go back to the regulator and uh, complain that uh, this material should not have been removed and uh, get it reinstated. Uh, so directly opening up the, uh, the, the speech environment. And, and we are working now to, to make more APIs uh, available to data researchers to do sort of broader statistical studies of the kinds of uh, takedowns that are being uh, instituted and uh, comparative work. Uh, we'd like to to get it both to invite more researchers uh, into that data and more providers to uh, contribute. I think it's of becoming an, a key part of running a platform that you are transparent with your readers and users about what the, what the contents they'll find there and what rules are shaping the content that's visible. And are, are, are the dialogues being shaped by what users choose to post or are they also being shaped by uh, what some a uh, legal complaint is uh, uh, is causing to be removed from the forum, and uh, if so, that opens up an, an avenue for you know readers to to challenge the uh, the, the takedown, to to challenge the the, the legal rules if they're in a democratic uh, country to uh, agitate for change and uh, to to mobilize uh, around. Uh, this is kind of broad. Um, so as, as Wendy, um, who uh, is involved in a number of projects and has um, a personal background, like what are your hopes and dreams for chilling effects or for like content in general? Or like what's like if you could wave a magic wand and have like one thing related to this work change, like what, what would you choose? 
I think it's, uh, so I love answering that question at the Freedom to Innovate uh, conference because uh, I think uh, it's you know, changing from our, our thinking from a sort of negative rights to do something into an affirmative freedom to uh, express and connect and communicate. Um, let's ex examine all of the, the different uh, forces that can, can restrict our freedoms to, to communicate and to hear what others are trying to communicate um, and, you know, preserve, maintain, extend the, uh, the real distributed communications networks that, that we've built with the web, that we've built on the internet, and uh, uh, let, let's help that to empower uh, more people. Very cool, thank you. Any last like shout outs or any resources that you'd want to point people to from the stuff we talked about? Um, of chillingeffects.org is um, the, the, the home of uh, this database and research network and, and uh, welcome uh, people to, to, to get in touch if uh, they're interested in participating. Stay in the loop. Follow us on Twitter. You can subscribe to our mailing list on netpolicy.com, and you can subscribe using iTunes.